On this show, we tend to discuss how anxiety is affecting children and their academic performance. We unpack those stressors and try to build strategies that will better help our children thrive. Often, this comes down to how their external environment is affecting their internal one, whether it be the school system, social pressures, or family dynamics. But what if instead of looking at our children, we need to look at ourselves? Welcome to Graduating Anxiety, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the academic challenges that students struggling with anxiety face. I'm your host, Alex Merrill. My guest today, Dina Cooper, is an expert at understanding the cycles of anxiety between parents and children. Inspired by her own story, Dina started parenthood as a bank executive constantly stressed and anxious about the time she was missing at her job. Slowly, it began to ripple into her family and affected her children. She knew she needed to make a change. Today, Dina is the author of Smart Parenting, How to Develop Your Child's Mindset, Resilience, and Courage for the Future of Work, and the founder of Parent as a Leader, sessions that focus on cultivating leadership within parents to better distill stronger values in their kids. Thanks for making the time today, Dina. Uh, appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Let's start at the beginning. When you had your children, you were working in uh, change management mm. at a bank. How did that affect your ability to parent? I think for me, working in change management or working full stop is, is definitely a key part of my balance as a parent. Um, I've had some time at home where I've been a stay-at-home parent, and for me, it hasn't been something that resonates for me as me being fully expressive of who I am. So did you ever feel any guilt uh, associated from uh, being away from your work or not being present with your children at home? I know that's a very, very tough balance to strike, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't really attribute that to work per se, but definitely my upbringing, the things that I've learned I was always a busy parent, always um, so much to do, wanting to get things done and not make the space nor the time, not, not even knowing how to make the space or the time to be present with my kids. That was more, more the challenge than, than it being about work or not work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's created a very interesting dynamic here, I'd say, um, with the social distancing. Um, it used to be a matter of like you needed to choose between one or the other. You know, it was like either you were committed to your job and like you were trying to get ahead or you were committed to being a parent. Yeah. And like choosing one meant like letting the other one kind of rot. But now it's it's really interesting because it's like they've been combined into this mash and like mm. <laughs> uh, that the both jobs kind of go hand in hand to some degree. Um, and you're sort of sinking and swimming, swimming at the same time simultaneously. I don't know if you're finding that at all, but I find the pandemic's changed things. It certainly has. And I think, you know, there's many, many, as we've, we, we've touched on earlier, is uh, there's many challenges of the pandemic and, and many things that are, are coming out that are uh, incredibly stressful and, um, you know, a lot for us to deal with. And at the same time, there's these, there's these silver linings and these blessings. And I think one of them is this ability to be able to have flexibility, to work from home, to to be able to have these regular touch points with kids that if you were out, out of the home working, 
you know, you're not there when they get home from school or daycare or drop them off in the morning or, you know, because you've got to get them, they're out the door early, whatever, you know, like we're not getting those regular touch points. And so one of the things that the pandemic has done is allowed us that ability to be able to be there um, with them regularly throughout the day. And, um, you know, it's forced us, we've been forced into that situation. You know, I think there's that part of being put into the same space and my next book is uh, aligning family and work and um, you know how do you align family and work internally first before you try to create the alignment externally and that's about Hmm. you know not Hmm. feeling the guilt if you're wanting to work not feeling the guilt about pursuing your passion and also knowing that you are doing, you know, the best thing for your child, for your child to have this big, you know, amazing life. You know that you're, you've got both parts covered and you can feel in alignment and then everything else reorganises around that. Do you feel like there's a, an impact on sort of that decision-making process on anxiety for parents, that having to decide between those two conflicting worlds causes anxiety? Maybe just kind of talk about how what the relationship is there. Or... Yeah, look, enormously, like we all have our values. We all have the way that we want to parent. And we all have an idea of the type of parent that we want to be. You know, when we're under pressure of, you know, meeting goals or meeting whatever it is, um, which, you know, is often the case for, for many, many working parents, is we're then left with less bandwidth for our children. And if we're not focusing on the things that are really important to us in that bandwidth, we're then feeling like we're failing, like we're not meeting what we want as being a parent, but we're also not really meeting what our children may be needing either. And so, yeah, that that conflict um, can cause an enormous amount of anxiety because you're not really being true to the parent you want to be. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Actually, I did want to ask too about something you were saying. It was kind of interesting before, which was about solving things sort of internally first before um, applying that to the external. Could you maybe just ex- explain what that would look like um, in a little bit more detail? For me, parenting is about leading yourself, leading your family, and then leading your child last in that order. We're really wanting to look at what is our own leadership of ourselves first. Um, then we look at the family dynamics, and then we look at the child. So, for example, if your child is not eating and you're getting really frustrated, then there's an internal dialogue going on there. And when you become aware of what that internal dialogue is, because the child is just not eating, they might not be eating because their attention is on something else or they might be not eating because, um, you know, there's something more exciting happening and, you know, whatever it is, or they're not hungry. I know for me, anyway, the story I was getting, like my, my kids went there, I've just made this food for you. I've just spent so much time. Yeah. I'm so tired. Yeah. I don't want this, you totally. know, like, and this is what's going on in my yeah. head is like this yeah. dialogue, which then creates the stress and the anxiety. If we are not paying attention to that first, then what comes out of our mouth may not be the parent we want to mm. be, right? Yeah. 
Oh my God, I really identify with this because I uh, this is literally like about an hour ago, the same exact scenario like played out for me with my eight-year-old right. daughter. I made her pasta. She's very picky about her food. She's one of these kids that like basically yeah. never eats. I made her this pasta and I put a shake of, of pepper yeah. into it, right? <laughs> of just like black pepper. And she saw the pepper and was like, damn it, I'm not eating this. Like this, what are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and it was just like this terribly insulting, just like, you filth, how dare you? How dare you serve me this? How could you? <laughs> this is how abusive. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, you know, Go eat at another restaurant, mm. kid. Like, mm. you know, uh, you know yeah. I was angry. I was, yeah. I was mad, you know, yeah. because, yeah. yeah. You're right. I think, wow, that, that awareness. I mean, I think that's really key, yeah. right? And, and, and seeing that in your own process, in your own internal monologue about that situation and maybe getting a little perspective on that. Yeah. You know, it's twofold. Like, we get a better outcome for ourselves because we're no longer, you know, we, we, one of the things that I'm really a big advocate of is, you know, like if you're frustrated or you're angry, it's okay. It's okay to be angry. You have just prepared a meal and it's not being eaten. You know, it's okay for it, for you to be angry. It's, it's the part where we go into a spiral that then creates us to, you know, react in a way yeah. that we don't want to react. That's the part where, when we can learn how to not let that take over, we're now putting ourselves back in the driver's seat. You know, it's it's interesting too, um, what you were saying before about reordering sort of like the priorities between you, you know, your own agenda and, and you know, your affection for the kids. I feel like sometimes um, in caring for your kids in the right way and like being able to do that and like mastering yourself and doing that is a way of self-care like yeah. itself. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So in like in reordering that, agenda you're actually helping yourself in the long 100%. run if that makes sense you cannot you cannot as a parent focus on every single thing it's absolutely impossible so um you know the second part where i talk about leading you know leading your family that's about creating your priorities as a family it's about creating your family values where you sit you've sat down you've thought about what are the key things that we want uh, to instill in our children you know, and, and when we look at those key things, what order of importance are they in? Because they're all important, but if we had to make a decision, which which priority order are they in? As a working parent, you're then prioritising your time and energy around the things that matter and the things that don't, you just let go. Like the things that don't matter to your family, just let them go. Like it's just what's important to your family and to be able to reorientate your time, your limited time around it. So one really interesting topic that got brought up um, in our discussion was how family dynamics can uh, affect the anxiety of children. To me, those two things are inextricable. <laughs> I think it's impossible to understand somebody's anxiety um, without understanding their background without talking about their family. You know, that is the context where their sort of connection to the world came from or is being formed. I think those two things are intimately linked. Earlier in season one with Ariel Kornblum, we talked about parent coaching. I think that's really important. Um, you address both what the student's going through and their context as well. You can't 
address something um, in isolation, a kid with anxiety, without considering the context as well. As a tutor and a coach, like that's one of the first things I ask about is, there's, there's no point in just addressing that anxiety and isolation. They'll just go back to that family situation downstairs and get criticized by mom or dad. Experience all those same stressors and those things that are causing the anxiety to begin with, and you might as well have not done anything at all. In your current line of work, you focus on empowering parents to become uh -huh. leaders. Could you tell us a little bit more about this philosophy and how it reduces anxiety in parents and children? It's a big one. Like kids come into this world, we all come into this world wired to know what it is that we love to do. You know, we show tendencies of whatever it is that excites us, you know, what, what lights us up. I recognise that the first career really came out of not my parents' expectations per se, but me wanting to please them in a way. And as I started to understand that a bit more, I started to understand that my dad really valued his accountant and spoke really highly of his accountant. And I think somewhere in my psyche, I had lodged this, made this decision that actually, if I become an accountant, maybe he'll value me the same way. That's the kind of decisions we make that then define our lives until we look at what these decisions are that we've unconsciously made and, and start to bring them to light, right? The best leaders in organisations are the ones that bring out the best in the people around them. They're not afraid of people being better than them. They're not afraid of, um, you know, harnessing people's talents. They learn actively how to pull out the talents in people and have them showcase, have them, you know, work together, right? Now in the future of work, what is required more is it's creativity. So if we look at um, some of the research that's been done, um, you know, job ads have started to show, um, you know, 40% more of creativity in their, in their job advert skills. And so we're seeing this trend towards creativity. And when we think about creativity, creativity is something that comes from within us. It's something that surfaces. It's something that when we give it space, it bubbles up and it, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, it comes to the surface. We don't know what creativity is inside of them. They do, and our job is to help them to develop the mindset, you know, develop the courage and the resilience to be able to navigate whatever comes on their path so that they can live a path that's true to themselves, so they can be creative mm -hmm. and be able to um, navigate that path. You know, as a parent sort of listening to this, do you feel like those expectations that we have for our kids are visible to us as parents? I mean, is, is that a sort of conscious act? Is it unconscious? And if so, I mean, what, what are some of the ways that we can sort of gain mastery over that in order to create a circumstance where they have the freedom to um, have the type of creativity that you're talking about that's so critical to um, success? Our expectations are coming out, whether we're conscious and aware of it or not. A lot of my work um, that I do is around 
you know, what are the unconscious things that drive us? Because often what our genius is, um, is often what our blind spot is as well. So problem solving and looking for problems is one of my genius areas. It's one of the things that I do really well. I really know how to get to the root cause of problems. Now that's great in a work context and obviously in the parenting context, in this circumstance, it was a thing that was driving me. I was looking for all the problems versus being able to look at the things that, you know, he he was he was doing well. You know, what, what's he working towards? What's he doing well that he's progressing in? And my blind spot was around looking at what he was progressing in. And so that was a real eye-opener. And, and, and it's that feedback loop with our kids um, to have the humility to go, you know what? Mm. I stuffed that exactly. up. I tap yeah. that. That's on me. You know, this is what I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. You know, I'm not gonna be perfect, and I want you to pick me up if I if I'm doing it too much. You know, again, not being perfect. It's just being progressive and growing and learning with our kids. Definitely, as a teacher, positivity is like a, a powerful tool, a weapon. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. You know, whatever you sort of praise a kid on, expect them to like go there more often. That's like lighting up the tunnel for them. I think in the balance, you want to be more like that, right? Like we all want to be built up. And and the thing is, when you build sure. the building blocks, you can build on them. But if you build a block and tear it down, you're, you're no longer building, right? So... You know, one of the biggest things I talk about in, in my book is uh, how much attention do you put on others and what others think of you? Um, because as a parent, this is really, really, really key. And I know for me, my attention was, was very much on what others thought. So, you know, if we take a supermarket tantrum as a classic scenario, are you focused in the moment when your child is having a tantrum? Are you focused on, oh my God, so-and-so is looking at me. They're all looking at me. They're all thinking mm. that, you know, who's this mm. child? Blah, blah. You know, is, your, is the dialogue in your mind going that way or is it going, oh my gosh, my child is um, having an emotional reaction, doesn't know, doesn't know how to handle it. Um, how can I help my child to, to come out of this? A lot of our parenting can be shaped when we are thinking about others versus thinking about mm. what's best for us and our child. So on your, on your website, uh, you state you're helping parents prepare their kids for the future of the workforce. Could you maybe unpack what that means? Yeah, so we've touched on it earlier, and I specifically talk about um, mindset, courage, and resilience for the future of work versus skills of the future, meaning, you know, robotics or AI, all of those things. Like it's it's more about, um, you know, what's the mindset? How do we foster the mindset? How do we foster their curiosity? How do we foster their, you know, their ability to work with other people? Um, you know, how do we, you know, be collaborative? Those are the skills of, of the future, you know, collaboration, creativity, being able to um, find your unique path and express your unique path. When we look at the foundations of where each of those come from, they come from, you know, the values and the really the fundamental way we feel about ourselves when we're parented in those early years. All the other challenges that we experience all fundamentally come back to 
What do we think about ourselves? Do we matter? Mm, How yeah, do we value yeah. ourselves? Do we understand who we are and what our unique offering is? How can we make this path easier? How can we make this path less obstacles for our kids along right. the way? And right. that's, that's really where I'm focused. Why do you think it's so important to prime our children uh, for the workforce at a young age? If we were talking about 100 years ago, somebody else was doing the thinking and somebody else was creating the business and you were the one uh, attending the business, learning the skill, just doing that on repeat. Now we're, you know, we're in a gig economy. We're going to see flash teams set up really quickly. Uh, you're going to need to know what you bring to the table to be able to contribute in these, in these kind of environments. You know, we're living in really different times. And those times, yeah. when you think about all of that, is about coming back to not your skills and what you do. It's coming back to who you are. You know, do you have a solid sense of self? Do you have mm -hmm. an ability mm -hmm. to take risks and be courageous? Do you have mm -hmm. the mechanisms to support yourselves when you are going to get rejected because you are and when you do fall down because you will, you know, do you have the mm -hmm. mechanisms mm -hmm. to be able to pick yourself back up and not make it about sure. you, make it about the thing? Do you have the ability to be able to take courageous steps and bounce back when you need to? And really we know that that is what creates your own path, is that foundation of solid sense of self, being able to be courageous and being able to be resilient in the face of all the things that we're going to face. Dina mentioned that her philosophy is to focus on herself and her own self-improvement, then her family, then her child. I think that's a very smart way of thinking about it. We always talk about in our family, put your own oxygen mask on first. And I don't think that's instinctual. It's not intuitive. Your instinct, your very instincts are to, to protect the child. But I think that's backwards. If you are not uh, taking care of your own stability, if you're not taking the time to recharge yourself, uh, whether that's through whatever it is, time on your own, meditation, exercise, then you're not gonna be able to help the child. As a parent, it feels like you barely have time to care for yourself. But again, I think it's necessary. If you're not whole, especially psychologically, you're gonna be yelling at the kid. You're gonna be uh, saying the wrong thing. You're gonna be criticizing them. You're gonna be, you're gonna be a poor parent. And I think from the kid's perspective, they would rather have 75% of a great parent than 100% of a, of a shitty one. Ask anyone that question. I think pretty much all of us know the answer to that question. And yet, we don't stop and ask ourselves, Am I taking that approach right now? Am I keeping that in mind? We don't, we ignore that and we just try to be there all the time. What advice would you give to parents who are currently struggling with anxiety, because that's kind of our crowd, or other mental health challenges in their households right now? Mm -hmm. I'll come back to what my core pillars are um, and they are lead yourself, lead your family, lead your child. When I've worked with parents and they've come to me and, you know, their child's got anxiety, um, 
they um, have taken their child to you know work with them um, younger younger children and the child you know doesn't want to be dropped off to daycare because um, they don't want to leave the parent and and when we've worked through uh, what's going on for the parent why and we get mm. to the root cause mm. of why uh, for the parent guess what the child lets go the child goes off yeah. happily goes and plays really that self-leadership is just so so critical look at me with my son like totally. you know like he was feeling like he was dumb and it was it was when I when we unpacked it it was me like and and then when you've got to that place where you are comfortable that you know what this isn't about me there's this magical thing that happens because you actually know it's about the child and that's when you get the child support I don't need to second guess. I don't need to go, oh my God, what am I doing? Why is he so full of worrying about everybody else, blah, blah, blah. I actually know that that's a developmental stage for him to externally reference and, and hold authority with his friends. And it is all referenced outside of themselves. So I'm okay with that. So I know in that circumstance, mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. need to worry mm -hmm. about that as a problem. And I know that because I know that I've done the work around worrying about what other people think. You know, I take on feedback from people that are important to me, who I value, and people whose philosophy aligns, all that kind of stuff. And you know, I don't, I don't worry about what other people are doing. It just doesn't, it doesn't weigh in on the way that I think. And so I know that I've done the work. So, if I was to lead, leave um, this with something, it's, it's lead yourself first, then lead your family, and then lead your child. We say that it takes a lot of courage to um, to look at ourselves, but it takes an enormous amount of energy to blame others, to blame other things, to take. It takes an enormous amount of energy to live that way. And if we don't, if we don't look at the other side, we're going to be put investing that energy forever. Whereas if we look at the other side, we invest this energy for a short period of time, whilst we reprogram yeah. ourselves and you know upskill ourselves. And then it just gets a mountain easier. It's just unbelievable. Like yeah, it's transformational. Right. Like it, this is the, the, the irony. <laughs> oh, well, you're just, it's, and you're going to deal with it with the, with the bad behavior of the kid too. Yeah, I mean, try, exactly. Try dealing with the exactly. fallout from that. I mean, exactly. like, you know, uh, I mean, even just on a household level, like, yeah. you know, the kid, the kid going going nuts is going to drive you nuts. I mean, if they're, if they're blowing everything up around the house, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. you're going to yeah. have to expend that energy one way or the other. You are, you are. <laughs> and believe me, now that now that I learned, I've learned what I've learned and teach what I teach, I absolutely know that um, it's so much easier at the other side because you've got, you actually, rather than, as you said, spend all that time managing behaviors you get to build lives right. you know you get to yeah. look to the future and look at you know versus just managing what's going on in the moment um you know and expending all your right. energy there all right well great thank you that was uh that was a lot of fun uh i just wanted to thank you very much and for being with me today absolute pleasure thank you so much for inviting me on and uh very grateful for the work that you're doing and uh shifting and supporting in the way that you are because it's such such important work i think for for any 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 of us and any child in particular mm -hmm. 
Some of the key takeaways that I uh, had from my discussion with Dina were, number one, about families. And we sort of discussed how um, every family is a little bit different as far as its priorities, what's important. And I would add to that, too, that's completely changed by the pandemic um, in the current situation. I mean, it's really hard not to have the same expectations for your family right now. The point is, in the pandemic, the expectations need to change. You can't be operating based on your preconceived notions of what a happy, successful child looks like. The second key takeaway that I would uh, draw from our conversation is about what I would, I guess, call the importance of leading by example. We invest so much energy in like messaging the kids. It's like, well, I've got to say this in a way that the kid's going to understand. How are we instituting sort of a, a set of rules? Am I being consistent about this? Am I not being consistent? So much energy is invested in, in that, right? Um, as a parent, really, aren't we sort of better served in focusing on our own path and, you know, the way that we're instituting those things for ourselves? Because guess what? The kid's going to, like, follow what you're doing anyways, right? I mean, they, they follow your example. They are constantly watching and they are very, very vigilant. They look for what you do. Who are you being? Are you being a kind person? Are you avoiding yelling? Um, are you not being sort of overly emotional for small things, right? I mean, there's, this is a huge difference between stop yelling at your sister and not yelling um, yourself um, when you get angry, demonstrating that it is so easy to lose track of that though. I don't know why. I guess we get so caught up in trying to teach that we don't lead ourselves. Thanks for listening to Graduating Anxiety, a podcast that helps caregivers of anxious learners overcome obstacles to find academic success and build continuously happy lives. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Merrill. See you soon.